One of the first things I want to talk about on this CD is the idea of how long should your articles be. I have seen other writers and other people who are in article marketing recommend article titles or articles of an article lengths of anywhere from 750 words on up to 2,000 words plus which is probably fine for some types of articles for example if you're simply writing the articles to get information kind of out there you want to get information out there and you're not in any way attempting to make a sale or make create any type, type of an action for example uh, drive that article reader uh, to your website to either create a subscriber or uh, to just send them to the website uh, to learn more about you or to make a sale however what I have found is that when we're article marketing for the purpose for the long-term purpose of generating traffic an article that is for example 300 words long generates about as much traffic as an article that is 900 words long now what does that tell us? What that indicates to me is that if I take the time to write an article that is 900 words long, then I am going to spend at least three times as much or three times as long writing that article as I would if I were writing a 300 word article simply because it takes longer to write a longer article. However, I am not going to get more traffic from that article than I would get if I had written a 300 word article. In fact, I believe that it generally takes more than three times as long to write an article that has three times as many words because generally if you're writing an article that, for example, is 900 words long, you, you really have to get into a little bit more depth or cover kind of a broader area than you do with a 300 word article. So if 900 word article could take as long as five or six times as long to write as a 300 word article. However, the evidence shows, my results show, that my shorter articles generate about the same amount of traffic as a longer article. In fact, I suspect that sometimes the shorter articles actually generate more traffic. And I believe the reason for that is that if there's a short article you know, let's say I have 300 words, the first 100 words introduce the problem I'm going to solve, the second 100 words talk about how I'm going to solve it, and then the third 100 words tell you how to apply the information I've just given you. By the time that someone has read 300 words, they've been reading for a minute or two or three, they're not bored, I've barely answered their problem, and now they're ready to get some more information from me. With a 900 word article, I believe that a lot of people become bored after three or 400 words and they never get to the place where you ask them to go to your website. So again, as a result, I believe that the optimal article length is somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 words. Okay, great. Let's go ahead and move on. The next topic I'd like to address is how to choose your article topics. I am making the assumption at this point that you do have a niche and you do have a website and you do have uh, some type of a market. And so I am certainly making that assumption at this point. Now, what I am not making the assumption of though is that you uh, 
are able to come up with a number of article topics in some efficient uh, manner. And of course, that's what I'm going to uh, cover uh, in this section is how to choose your article topics. And one thing that is important, and if you're writing more than one or two or three articles a day, you need to be able to be uh, relatively efficient at choosing those article topics. One of the things that I will do, this has enabled me in the past to be able to write as many as 30 articles in one day, is I will choose in one sitting as many as 200 article topics. I'll go ahead and write those out, have those ready to go, and then when I sit down to write articles, I'm not having to be distracted by choosing article topics. I'm able to spend all of my time and all of my creative energy on actually writing those articles. Now, there are two primary ways or methods that you can go about choosing an article topic. One way would be to use keywords or keyword optimization. And the second way would be to focus on pe what people want to learn about, focus on what people's questions are in your particular niche. Both of the methods are equally valid. Uh, the first method, uh, focusing on keywords or keyword optimization, sometimes gives you a little bit of an edge when it comes to getting your page or your article to rank in search engine results. However, the second option, because it's focusing on what people really want to learn about, it can tend to have a higher click-through rate. So uh, without getting too deeply into it, the idea with keyword optimization is you'll generally get a few more page views, but your conversion rate actually clicks to your website may be a little bit lower, whereas the second option, focusing on what people really want to learn about, your page views might be a little lower, but then your conversion will be a little bit higher. So. I can't really recommend which one is a better way to go. Uh, I have done both, and I continue to do both. And I am going to teach you now how to do both. So, for example, if you're going to sit down and write 20 articles, perhaps 10 of those would be keyword optimized, and the other 10 would be focused on what people want to learn about, their questions, etc. Let's start first with how to do keyword optimization. The first thing that you want to do with keyword optimization is come up with a list of different keywords that you might be uh, writing around. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you a few websites or uh, keyword optimization tools that you can use. And really, I don't want to rank these in terms of better or worse. They're all going to do a good job of coming up with different keyword ideas. And the numbers that you get from each one of them in terms of monthly search results will tend to be different. And that is because they do rely on uh, different sources and different time frames. And I would not want to venture that any one is correct or better than the other. They are, to the best of my knowledge, all of these sources are sources that estimate what that traffic is based on small samples. So the first one is www.keyworddiscovery.com. That's all one word, keyworddiscovery.com. Another uh, keyword tool is www.goodkeywords.com. So that's goodkeywords.com. Again, all one word. The next one is Word Tracker, and I believe that's wordtracker.com. And then I've also recommend here NicheBot Classic, and that's N-I-C-H-E-B-T 
Classic, and I believe that's also nichebotclassic.com. In the case of Word Tracker or Nichebot Classic, you can easily uh, Google those two words, and you'll come up with the appropriate uh, website. And just as just as an aside here, if I do give you web links through the course of this CD, uh, keep in mind that the information I'm giving you is timeless. And so what that means is that the information I am giving you will be good for a long time to come, but sometimes the websites where I send you may not continue to be around for a good, good time to come. So you may have to use Google to, uh, to find the website or the company that I recommend. The fifth keyword tool that I recommend, it's actually my favorite, and that is the Overture keyword tool. A lot of people don't like it anymore because uh, it's, it's no longer current information. Uh, Overture, and I don't know why, I assume because of the volume of traffic that uh, that, that particular website gets. Uh, for keywords simply because at the time when, when they did update every single month their results they were probably some of the very best on the internet and uh, I do not have a current link uh, but if you just type in overture keyword tool something like that in Google you should be able to find a, a link uh, to be able to do keyword research my understanding is and the last time I checked it they are old results so they they come from one month and for seasonal, anything that's real seasonal than whatever month that you're in, you may have you know higher or or lower keyword results. But for probably 99% of all basic niches out there, if someone types in a certain word 15,000 times in the month of April, for example, then probably in the month of May it'll either be somewhere between 14.5 and 15.5, and that number will continue to fluctuate. But it should be right in the same re same area, unless that particular niche or keyword is has a seasonal element. For example, Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving or summer vacation or something like that. Then those keywords would uh, would fluctuate. So if you have something that does not fluctuate a lot seasonally, for example, martial arts or painting or uh, car racing, maybe car racing is a little seasonal. But if you don't if you have a niche that's not too seasonal and I think most niches are not, then the overture tool is a a good tool. Now the first thing that I'm going to recommend that you do and you can use any or all of these keyword tools is come up with some master list of all the possible keywords that you can write about. For example, if we go back to bird watching, so I might make a master list of literally 500 words that include this bird watching idea. So I may have bird watching tips, bird watching techniques, bird watching secrets, how to bird watch, how to do bird watching, best bird watching, worst bird watching, bird watching food. So I may come up with as many as 500 words or maybe as slim as, as just 10 words that, that actually there. Now, in my personal article marketing strategy, uh, having written so many articles, uh, several thousands of articles I have online, I am not very picky about whether a keyword gets a thousand searches a month, a hundred thousand searches a month, or ten searches a month. Because I know through experience that when I write articles, my articles get some consistent level of traffic, regardless of whether that keyword is highly searched or not. And there's a few different reasons for that. One of those reasons is that when I write a either a keyword optimized 
article or I write an article that circles around the need that people have, then the search engines are not going to pick that up just for that one keyword that I've written it around, but they're going to pick it up for a large number of keywords that I've used inadvertently. Uh, for example, and I'm just going to pull this right out of my notes for this CD series. I'm going to read you one sentence, and this is my notes on this particular section, and we're going to talk about all of it as I continue here. I wrote the, the partial sentence, not just keyword optimization, but really focus on what people want to learn about. Go to the forums, go to the blogs. Now, I could have written, and let's just assume that this 15-word sentence is representative of a full article. So if we can just use our imaginations here. And let's just assume that I wrote this based around the word or the keyword, keyword optimization. And I'm hoping that I'm going to get so many hits from keyword optimization. Keep in mind, I'm also going to get hits from the phrase, what people want to learn about. I'm going to get hits from the phrase go to the forums. I'm going to get hits from the phrase go to the blogs. And I don't have to do anything to make that happen. I'm not focusing on those, but I am going to get hits. So what I have found over time, and I think that if you write more than 100 articles, you will find that your articles on some average basis get some average number of hits every single month. And that that average, it might be double for a great keyword, it might be half for a bad keyword. But the difference between a keyword gets a thousand searches a month on the World Wide Web versus one that gets a million searches per month may only be double. It, it may only be half or double depending on how you look at it. It's probably not going to be 10,000 times more because there's 10,000 times more searches on that particular keyword. And because of that, I, I do not spend a lot of time concerning myself with what the counts are. However, if you choose to, I'm, I'm going to kind of give you two thoughts and two theories. Again, these are common and common theories out there and when I first started article writing I focused on both of these theories and I thought about it a lot and studied about it a lot and I wrote articles in both directions and frankly after I got past a few thousand articles online I realized that it was no longer important to me if any one particular article got 10 hits this month or 100 hits this month what was important was that my thousands of articles generated me thousands of hits every single month. That was what was important to me. So the two theories basically are this. Number one, if you write an article based on a keyword gets, you know, millions of searches every month, then you have a higher demand and you have more of an opportunity that people are going to be looking for the information. The flip side of that is you're going to have a lot more competition in most cases. Then the flip side of this is some people will say, and you've heard the word long-tailed keyword. And of course, the idea with long-tailed keyword is that instead of you know, if we go back to this bird watching idea, instead of bird watching, that's kind of a what we would call, a, you know, a, just a standard keyword or keyword phrase. A long-tailed keyword would be something like uh, bluebird bird watching in the winter, or even bluebird bird watching. So this is a keyword that's much more targeted. Probably the person that types that in is definitely looking for information on bluebird bird watching, and and if you have information about bluebird bird watching instead of redbird bird watching, you're probably going to get a much more targeted individual. So that's kind of this idea of a long-tailed keyword. And so one theory is, or the second theory is, that really you should focus on these long-tailed keywords that don't get as much traffic, but if someone gets there, they're very, very interested in your topic. 
And there's lots of information online. just kind of goes back and forth. One is better than the other. Um, I'm a big numbers person, and I'm a volume person. And, again, I have just discovered that when I write lots of articles, there's some average out there, and, and I don't spend time studying the difference. If you wanted to, then what you can do is sort your articles when you write them according to, you know, say, long-term, long-tailed keyword and short-tailed keyword. And come up with a tracking so that you're able to track any of the articles that come in through a short-tailed keyword versus the articles that come in through a long-tailed keyword. And then you can track your conversions on each of those. After 500 articles or 1,000 articles, you ought to have a pretty good idea whether a short-tailed article uh, gives you more or less traffic and or more or less sales than a long-tailed keyword article. One of the questions that I get regularly is, what is the ideal ratio between searches and competition? And the basic idea behind this question is that if, if you have more searches for a particular keyword, but there's more competition, then that doesn't necessarily mean that that keyword is going to be a better keyword for you. And the flip side of that is that if there are less searches for a particular keyword, however, there's also less competition, then perhaps the keyword that has less competition and uh, less volume is perhaps one that's better for you to shoot for because there's obviously less competition. So before I answer the question, uh, let me define how you get those search numbers and competition numbers. Well, first of all, the search numbers, we've just talked about it. I've given you four or five tools that you can use to come up with search numbers. Each of those tools is probably going to give you a different number. So, for example, Overture might tell you there's a searches a month. NicheBot Classic might tell you there's 1,200. Keyword Discovery might tell you there's 1,500. And one of the others might tell you there's 800. So what does that tell us? Well, what it tells us is that on you know if we were to average all of those, we might come up with 1,000 searches per month. And depending on how those numbers were estimated, they may be higher or lower. My understanding, and the only one that, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to point fingers here, but, but for the most part, my guess would be that all of those tools that I've given you are in some way a sample. They're not actual numbers. They're based on a sample. A couple of those tools may be actual numbers, but keep in mind that those actual numbers may be given may be a given point in time. So, for example, February of a specific year. And three months later, those numbers for that particular keyword may not be updated. They may be updated for another uh, keyword. And so if, if there's a, a variance between the different uh, search numbers, you know, think of something like an average. If there's an outlier, throw that out. So those are your searches. And then competition, there's a number of different ways to uh, kind of guess at competition. And, of course, one would be to go in and... Uh, and see how many people are using pay-per-click, whether it's Google or, or Overture or Yahoo or, or MSN. Um, another idea would be to look at the search results and, and see how much people are selling. Obviously, if people are trying to sell more in those search results, then theoretically uh, it, it perhaps is a better market. And, of course, if a lot of people are selling, there's more competition. Um, but, but really, when we're talking about this ratio between searches and competition, I think what we're looking for is the competition measured by the number of websites. And this isn't a perfect measure by any means, but it is a relatively consistent measure over time. And the easiest way to do this, and I prefer to use the Yahoo search engine for this, simply because of some anecdotal evidence that 
uh, I've heard that, uh, and actually if you, if you type in, if you do this method both with Google and Yahoo, I think most of the time you get more search results from Yahoo. And, and what this tells me, and some of the anecdotal evidence that I've seen, is that, that Yahoo perhaps does a more complete job of offering you all of the, the links out there. However, that doesn't mean that those are the same links that you would show up on Google. Again, there is some anecdotal evidence that Google doesn't always show all of the links or all of the pages for a specific keyword for competitive purposes. And of course, Yahoo may not also. However, I, I prefer to use the Yahoo search engine for this, although I do prefer to use the Google search engine for uh, for determining things like where my ranking is going to be, etc., etc. Of course, I'm jumping around a little bit, but the reason I use Google search engine for determining page ranking and what, you know, am I in the top 10 or the top 20 is because Google tends to have a higher percentage of the search uh, business. And so, therefore, if I'm going to hit a stronger portion of the market, I really want to hit that Google search engine. However, for seeing exactly how much competition is out there, I like to use Yahoo. You can use Google. Uh, the way that I do it is I type in my uh, keyword phrase, typically a keyword phrase, in quotes. So full quotes, double quotes. So for example, I might type in bluebird, bird watching, all in quotes. And this should give me the number of unique websites out there that are competing with me that actually have the term bluebird, bird watching in them, and that's all one term. If I do not use quotes, then I'm going to get any web page that has the word bluebird, and the word birdwatching in that page somewhere, somehow. And that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for my direct competition with this particular idea of bluebird birdwatching. So if perhaps there's, a, let's just say for this word, it's 100 uh, options or 100 competitors, then I'm really only competing with 100 different individuals that are actually should come up in, say, the first uh, 100 search results. Now. Let's say I get 10,000 results, then I have a competition 10,000. However, the likelihood of the first 100 being my genuine competition is, is very, very high. If, if uh, we were to use Bluebird bird watching without the quotes, we should find that the first 100, although ranked possibly differently, should be very similar to the first 100 on the page that is in quotes. Uh, Bluebird bird watching. So all of that to say that if we put in quotes, we tend to get a more accurate number uh, of, of competition. Now, some people will say that if you have, you know, if you, you come up with different ratios, you know, if, if you've got a thousand searches and a thousand competitors, then you've got maybe a one to one ratio. And then uh, people will say, well, the higher your ratio is between searches and competition, more searches, less competition, the better off that you're going to be. Uh, the internet at this point, though, is so very developed that from an economic standpoint or from, from an equalization standpoint, as that number of searches goes up and as there, there tends to be a, a monetary benefit towards being a competitor in that particular area, then the number of competitors is going to go up also. So if you have a, a keyword that has lots of searches and very little competition, then one of two things has happened. Either there's very little competition and you can get in and really make some things happen, or the market has determined that the people that are searching for that particular keyword don't tend to spend any money, and therefore the market has determined that there's not really any need for, for you know, for pay uh, websites. So 
because of this and because all of this is very, very, very subjective, I lean against coming up with some specific ratio. Once again, I go back to testing and tracking. It's more important for you that you test individual keywords, individual article topics, etc., etc., and determine which ones generate the most subscribers for you and which ones uh, generate the most number of sales for you. Let's talk now about the optimization, keyword optimization on the article page uh, that is that's most optimal. Now, I am at this point making the assumption that you have chosen some keywords and that you are choosing to use keyword optimization rather than working with this idea of what people are perhaps uh, looking for. I will get back to that idea and talk about how to write those kinds of articles. Let's just go uh, through here and look at what that keyword optimization might look like. Now, the first thing that I want to do is kind of dispel any kind of ideas or, or myths or theories about keyword density in today's search engine market. At some time in the past, something that was probably very important in terms of getting your pages ranked highly in the search engines was the idea of what was called keyword density. It still is called keyword density, although it's really not that effective anymore. So the idea of keyword density is generally a percentage. And this idea would be that, for example, if you had an article that was 100 words long, we'll use the number 100 because it's a nice, easy number. But if you had an article that was 100 words long and used your keyword five times, then you would have 5% keyword density. So the search engines believed that if your particular page had a higher keyword density, then perhaps it uh, had more meaningful information about that particular keyword. Unfortunately, as webmasters realized this, they began to really spam the search engines by uh, ridiculously increasing their keyword density so that their pages that really began to be nonsense because of their keyword density would rise higher and higher in the rankings. And so because of that, uh, the search engines really don't rely on keyword density as much anymore. They are moving towards, uh, obviously, they're moving towards other ideas in, in, in uh, for example, link popularity and link quality and uh, some other on-page things that help make, uh, that help them rate content so that they're able to rank it. Also, there's a, uh, and I believe it's Google that calls it late, late, latent semantic indexing, LSI. And the idea with this is that instead of having a specific percentage of, of the keyword or keyword density, that in addition to a particular keyword, a keyword is normally associated with other similar words, and they've developed some formulas for what those other words might look like. Un unfortunately for you, and, and really fortunately for the online environment, that number just becomes more and more and more difficult to, to decipher and work with. And, and really the best way to keyword optimize your pages is to use the keyword judiciously on the page and in the title and in some other places I'll give you in just a moment, but to use that keyword naturally. So the article should not necessarily be written around that particular keyword. It should be written perhaps starting with that keyword and then developing into uh, some topic. 
So let's start with where we would want to use that keyword, and yet let's go back to this idea of, or this particular keyword phrase idea of bluebird bird watching. So there are several places where we would want to use our keyword, and I'll go ahead and enumerate those for you right now. The first place would be the title. The second place would be in the keywords. If you do have a description of your article, or there's a meta description or a description on the page, then you would put your keywords in the description. Uh, also use your keywords in the heading or headings, if you have several headings throughout the article, in the content, and in the beginning and the end of the article. So let's go through these one by one. In the title, you want to use your, your keyword. So if we have Bluebird watching, uh, my keyword, my, my title might be entitled, you know, how to do bird bird watching. Uh, you will probably notice if you looked at some of my articles that at one time I used the same keyword twice in the article uh, title. So for example, I would have Bluebird bird watching dash how to do bluebird bird watching. And I have done that in the past as a result of, again, some anecdotal evidence that showed that, that uh, using that keyword twice in the title would increase the number of or the, the, the ranking for that particular article. The reason I don't do it with all of my articles is that over time the search engines may create some kind of a penalty against doing just that. And if all of my articles were written in that fashion, then all of my articles would be penalized in this way of, say, for example, 10 or 15% of my articles are written that way. Then hopefully there's a short term of by, by uh, taking advantage of whatever it is that allows that to move my article up in its ranking. But then if the penalty on down the road, then I only lose 10 or 15% of my article rankings. I don't lose all of them. If I were to make a recommendation to you, I would probably say the wisest thing to do is to use that article title or that article uh, keyword once in the title. The next place is in the description. And if, if you're publishing your articles to your own website, in addition to, let's talk about that simply because I've brought this up. I do not recommend that you submit articles to the article directories that you also upload to your own website. And the biggest reason for that is this idea of duplicate content. Uh, duplicate content is the idea that the same uh, content would show up on a number of different websites. The search engines don't want all of those pages to show up in the number one uh, spot in on the search engine results. And I, I'll, I will talk about that later in this series. I want to make sure that I'm staying on, on, uh, on topic here. Um, but I did want to defuse what I just said about uh, putting, uh, uploading an article to your own website. So if you do upload an article to your own site, you should not also upload that to any article directory out there. But if you do upload an article to your own website, then you may have a, a description tag, and you do want to use your keyword in that description. Some of the article directories out there will give you an opportunity to do a summary or a uh, description, and then you would also use your keyword in that description or that summary. If there's an opportunity to have a keyword tag, which of course would be the case on your website, or if some of the article directors give you an opportunity to put in some keywords, use your the keyword that is most you know that, that you're writing that article around. Uh, one note on this: I would not stuff that keyword 
box with 25 different keywords. What I have done, what I've really gotten to the point uh, where I'm doing with my keywords now is just using the keyword that that article is written around and maybe one or two other related keywords. So for example, if my article was written around bluebird bird watching, my keywords might be bluebird bird watching, bird watching, and bluebirds. Those might be my three keywords. And I find that that has been quite effective. I haven't done a whole lot of testing with it. Uh, but I, I think that you're probably better off using a few targeted keywords than stuffing that keyword tag. Anytime you feel like you're doing something to trick the search engines or to stuff something into page or to spam in any way, shape, or form, think of it as something you may get penalized for in the future, and you certainly don't want to get penalized. It's better to be conservative when you're writing your articles and not do things that might be shady or be picked up in the future for penalties. Uh, do things that are conservative, and in the long run, those those articles will hang around a lot longer. Another place to make sure that you're using your keyword is in the uh, heading or the headings if you're writing an article. So if you've got an article that's say 300 words long and you have three headings and I am only bringing this up in case you are using headings or you find that in your article you naturally need some headings. I'm not big on putting headings to a 300 word article. If you are writing longer articles for some reason or another, then you may be using some headings. So if you're using headings, be sure and use uh, your keyword in each one of, of those headings. If you are publishing these articles to your own website or if the article directory to which you are publishing the articles permits you to use some HTML, then you might want to bold or underline some of those headings and include your keyword in that bolded or underlined heading. If you can't do it, then that's okay too. Obviously, the next part or place to put your keyword or your keyword phrase is in the content of the article. Generally, what I do is I make sure that I use the keyword as early as possible. So in my introduction, if I'm talking about bluebird birdwatching, I might just jump right in with bluebird birdwatching is an exciting hobby or thing to do or something like that. So that I'm literally starting with bluebird birdwatching. And then in the very last paragraph, I will try to end the last sentence including the word bluebird bird watching and oftentimes literally my very last word will be bluebird bird watching so an example of that might be I hope that you have enjoyed this article about bluebird bird watching or if you'd like to get more information about bluebird bird watching and then I might have some more information so I really try to use that that keyword towards the end of the article and then I like to use that keyword or keyword phrase naturally throughout the article I do not want to use that keyword phrase in every single sentence. I do not want to write an article that sounds like this. Bluebird bird watching is an exciting thing to do because bluebird bird watching uh, is a nice hobby for bluebird bird watchers. Um, that is spammy, it's keyword stuffing, etc, etc. Write an article that a human would want to read. And, and this is a kind of a tricky and a kind of a fine line. You're wanting to write your article in such a way that the search engines will pick your article up, so therefore you have to use your keyword a couple of times anyway. But at the same time, you simply cannot use that keyword so much that it no longer becomes something that a human wants to read. If you do a great job of getting your article to go to for number one in a per, for that particular keyword on in the top ten results, you're number one. But when a human gets to it, they can't get past the first line without realizing that 
boy, this is just a horrible article because it's stuffed that keyword. The article doesn't make any sense. You're not going to get any clicks. So there really is a fine line. You want the rankings. You want to use your keyword, but don't use it too much because you are you do need to write your articles uh, for a human audience. Great. Let's talk about now crafting your article title. And of course, there's there's two things that are important when you're crafting your article title. The first thing that is important is that you want the search engines to appreciate, for lack of a better word here, appreciate and recognize your article based on its article title as being something that the person who typed in a particular keyword might be interested in. At the same time, that article title has to be one that's going to grab the individual from that page of 10 search engine rankings and the individual is going to see your title against someone else's title or against the other nine and choose to click on yours. The third thing that's important with crafting the article title is that the article title accurately describes what is going to occur or what you're going to teach in the article itself. You see, if you write an article title that's a quite crafty article title, it's an interesting article title, but your article itself does not really address that article title or the information that's in that article title, your reader is going to, well, they're not going to be satisfied. They're not going to feel like they've gotten the information they were looking for in any way, shape, or form, and odds are they're not going to click through to your website. And if for some reason they do, there's really no loyalty or interest there. They, they Perhaps they were interested in seeing what was in your website, but if, if you haven't given them anything worthy of their attention, if you haven't solved their problem, or at least shown that you have the ability to solve their problem, odds are they're not going to purchase anything from you or opt into your website. So we're going to want to do two things. Number one, we're going to want to keyword optimize our title. I have already talked about that a little bit in the earlier section, but this idea that we want to use the keyword at least once and maybe sometimes twice in the title. There's also an idea that I haven't discussed yet, and, and that is the keyword density of the title itself. So, for example, if your keyword is in a title that is, you know, 10 words long and your keyword a few words long and, you know, your, your title may be comprised... 20, 30, 40% of your keyword. If, on the other hand, you're able to use your keyword with only another word or two in your title, then your title may be comprised of 80 or 90% of your keyword, and sometimes that can give you some higher search engine rankings. In fact, recently I have had uh, seen some information, I have not tried this and tested this yet, um, that really indicated to me uh, that an article that uses as its title the keyword can get some short-term high rankings in Google. And I actually saw some evidence of this in Ezine articles. One of the authors was uh, literally titling each one of his articles with his keyword phrase. And when I typed in his keyword phrase for a number of his different articles, his article came up number one in the Google search engine. Uh, does this mean this is something duplicatable? Does this mean it's something that's long-term? No. It, what it means, it, all it means is that I saw that it happened, it happened, and you may be able to duplicate that. So it's probably worth a try. Again, I haven't done that, and uh, perhaps in the future I will put together some articles that really are just titled uh, with their keyword phrase. For example, bluebird bird watching 
if that is our keyword or our keyword phrase. The second thing that we want to do with our, our title, in addition to keyword optimizing it, is we want to use what I'm going to call an eye-grabbing title. We want a title that is going to kind of jump off that page of top 10 search results. Let's just say, for example, that your particular article is showing up number four in the top 10 search results for your particular keyword. Now, obviously, you know, we can look at statistics and say, and, and I'm just going to give you some numbers off the top of my head. I don't know how accurate these are. Um, but the relative accuracy these should be pretty close. Let's say the number one keyword gets 40% of the traffic on that page. The number two keyword gets 20% of the traffic on that top ten page, which leaves 40% of the traffic to go to the other eight keywords, and that would, would probably work in some descending manner. So maybe 40, 20, 15, 10, 5, 5, 5, 5, or something like that. But it probably works in some descending matter, manner, and where number one gets more traffic than, than number two. So let's just say that you're in spot number four, and let's just say for the sake of this example that your keyword perhaps, you know, your particular keyword uh, generates a 15% chance that someone will click on the number four link. Now, if you have a title that kind of jumps out over and above the ones in the one, two, three spot, then you might actually be able to get more traffic than the number two or number three spot, or maybe even the number one spot, if you do a particularly good job of creating an eye-grabbing title, even if you're only in the number four spot or number six spot or whatever the case is. So we do have to come up with some balance. I'm going to give you a few examples here of eye-grabbing titles. And what I recommend that you do is use some combination of my formula along with your keyword in the title itself. Uh, let me go ahead and give you some of these formulas, and then I'm going to talk about one of the ways that I develop my article titles, and then I'm going to go back to the idea that uh, of developing article titles or article topics from things that people are looking for information about. So uh, there are a few kind of proven formulas for eye-grabbing titles, uh, things like seven steps to do whatever your keyword title or keyword topic is, or five steps, or seven steps, or ten steps, or seven ways, or ten ways, or five techniques, or seven techniques. You get the idea here. You can probably come up with ten or fifteen different synonyms for the word steps. So you might have steps, ways, techniques, tips, secrets. Uh, right off the top of my head, I'm not thinking of more than five, but there's a number of different synonyms that you can use. And then you can use a number of different steps. So you can have four steps, five steps, six steps, seven steps. You can also do a formula that says something along the lines of how to. So how to do bluebird bird watching, how to race cars, how to raise iguanas, uh, what are the cases. So and, and then, really, with this how-to, you can do a whole lot more than do, you know, how to do bluebird bird watching. You could do how to do red bird bird watching and yellow bird bird watching and kind of bird watching and wild bird watching. I mean, really, if, if I've got a keyword or some keyword ideas, I could probably come up with a hundred topics just using the how-to idea. How to feed birds, how to feed better birds, how to better feed birds, etc., etc. Another popular method is 
something along the lines of the five worst things about your keyword. Sometimes a negative title, and by negative I mean a title that kind of goes backwards or talks about the bad side of whatever your keyword is, sometimes those can really get a lot of reads and, and of course what you're doing is you're exposing the bad side of something about your keyword and then of course as you write that article you're going to give people to an opportunity to visit your website to learn more about that particular topic. So you can do the five worst things, the four worst things, the six worst things, the seven worst things. You can do five bad things. You can do uh, five things you should never do with bluebird watching, the uh, seven things you should never do. You can also do the opposite, kind of a positive spin on this same thing, the six things you absolutely must know about bird watching. So you can have, again, different numbers, four, five, six, seven things you absolutely must know about bird watching. And you can even take that a little bit further, six things you absolutely must know about bird watching before you begin or before you feed birds the wrong food or whatever the case is. So you've got lots of ideas here. So seven steps, steps, ways, techniques, how to. You can even make it negative how to, how not to, what you should not do. So the five worst things, the five best things, uh, things you absolutely must know, abs things you absolutely should not know. Okay, so now you've got a number of good ideas for formulas for eye-grabbing titles. Be sure and use your keyword in those titles. Now, one of the ways that I create lists of article topics or article titles is through the use of a spreadsheet. Now, I personally use Excel spreadsheet, and uh, so maybe some of my terminology will be Excel-centric, Microsoft Excel, but really any spreadsheet uh, can be used to, to do this. Uh, and when I was writing all of my own articles, you know, writing anywhere from 100 to 200 articles a month, so anywhere from, say, 5 to 20 articles per day, I would generally write all of my own uh, topics right off the top of my head. But w when I got to where I was uh, having articles written for me, I really didn't want to take the time to create those those article topics. And so what I did was I, uh, I used an Excel spreadsheet to create kind of a random concoction of a number of different article topics. Now, I'll explain exactly how I did that. One of the things that's important, though, is that you do put some time and some thought into grammar as you're creating those topics, or at least recognize that when you when you get those article topics cranked out, then some of them that are not grammatically correct or don't make sense, then you'll have to craft them. But basically what I do is, and, and let's just imagine that we have, say, eight fields, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. So we've got eight fields, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Yeah, that's eight fields. So we've got, we've got eight fields. And then what I'll do in the first field is perhaps put... Um, the keyword. And if I've got, say, 500 keywords, boy, that's really easy. So I just put in 500 keywords. And of course, this gives me 500 articles right off the bat. And then in the second uh, um, field, I might have a dash. And then I'll just copy that dash all the way down. So I've still only got 500 keywords. And then in the next field, I might have some set of numbers, and I might number those uh, starting with, say, 3 on up to 9. So 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So now I've got seven different numbers, and I'll just number straight down, copy and paste, 
you know, three through nine and three through nine over and over again. Well, if we've got seven different numbers and then we've got, say, 500 keywords, boy, I tell you, for the example, for this example, let's imagine we only have 10 keywords. I really want to make this something you can wrap your mind around. And just remember, you can add more and more into each one of these fields, or you can add more fields. Let's just assume that I have 10 keywords. So I've got 10 keywords, and then I've got six different numbers that I can use with each one of these keywords. So I can have my keyword t 10 times uh, six numbers. So now I've got 60 possible article titles. Of course, I'm going to continue here. So I might have steps, ways, techniques, tips, methods. So let's say I have these five different words. I put those in the fourth field. So now my article title in the first line in my Excel spreadsheet would be Bluebird Bird Watching dash seven steps. Now, if I multiply the 10 keywords times the six different numbers, I've got 60 article topics, and then I multiply it times, say, five different words that I can use in that next row. So that next row would be steps, methods, ways, tips, and techniques. I'll multiply 60 times 5, which gives me 300 article topics. And then in the next field, so field number 5, I might have something that, uh, so I've got, say, seven steps to and the word to, T-O. And so I've got that in number five. It doesn't change the number of article topics that I have, so I still have 300. And then I might have in the next field, so this would be field six, some, um, some adverb or adjective, so something like effective or best or... Um, the or worst or uh, so effective best worst uh, let's assume I can come up with six words I, I'm not coming up with any right off the top of my head but some adjectives in there so if I have six different words there so now my title my topic might be bird watching dash seven steps to effective and let's just assume that in the next field I use I duplicate that same keyword. Then so now I've that, that ends up being seven fields. And then if I multiply, let's say I can come up with six adjectives times the three hundred uh, topics that I've already got. Now I've got eighteen hundred topics. So I've literally got eighteen hundred titles. Now, granted, when I write them this way, then I'm probably not going to have lots of different topics and ideas in there. However, if I'm outsourcing these to article writers, and as I've done in the past, up to 2,000 articles per month, it's nice to be able to send these out to different writers. When the different writers get each one of these topics, they're very similar. They're all going to come up with very different content. So it works very, very effectively. If you're writing these articles yourself, this may not be the best method. Um, I realize this might be a tad difficult to wrap your mind around. Go back 10 minutes on this CD and listen to this a couple of times. Um, perhaps writing out what I'm doing or even going into Excel, building yourself a spreadsheet. If you actually have a spreadsheet there, it'll make it a lot easier to, to view how this works. And then if you just simply can't wrap your mind around it, uh, shoot me an email and I will send you out a kind of a sample Excel file that you'll be able to look at a couple lines of this code and you'll be able to see exactly how I'm doing it. But this gives me the ability 
uh, and actually I create like 60,000 titles at one time and I don't know if I'll ever use them all but but uh, whatever the limit on lines is in Excel I create that I, I think it's 60 or 64,000 or something like that and of course the way I do it is I use like 25 keywords and I actually lengthen that title a little bit more so I've got a couple more adjectives in there and of course at time I add 10 more words in a column then it multiplies the number by 10 so if if on this idea right now where we've got 1800 different article topics if I were to come up with one more column that had say 10 different variations in that column that would multiply that 1800 by 10 which would give me 18,000 article topics so that's how that works the second way and, and this is something that I've really been gravitating to, especially in the articles that I'm writing myself. This is much more difficult to do when having others write the articles for me because I do have to take the time to come up with these topics. But I, I really like to focus on what people want to learn about. So, for example, uh, if we're using this bluebird bird watching idea or bird watching as your niche, then I want to find out what people want to learn about in bird watching. You know, the ideas that I might personally come up with as being exciting ideas for bird watching may not be the same ideas that other people are having or would have about bird watching, for example. People may have questions about bird watching that I don't have any idea people might be asking. Now, there's at least three good ways to find out what people want to learn about. The first way, and this is generally what I do, is I ask the people on my list, my subscribers, what do you want to learn about? I will send out an email to everybody that asks them, what is your greatest challenge with? And then I'll have a keyword there. And normally I'll get back 25 to 50 different responses. Some of them are very similar responses. Um, but, but a lot of times I can come up with some really good questions. And then what I will do is, number one, anytime somebody will ask me a question, if it's anywhere near a reasonable question and uh, you know 95% of the time I will write that person back personally and give them the answer to the question and if, you know if it's a short answer then I'll give them a short answer but I will go ahead and write in most cases a 300 word article that answers that question and then my article title might actually be the question so if somebody has a question about bird watching then I would duplicate that question. That question would be my topic. And then I would answer that question. I have found that, that these articles, in my opinion, really generate some, some strong interest. One of the things that's really nice about answering questions like this is, although you may not get as many hits to that article, if someone is asking the very same question that you've answered, and then they get to that particular article and then you specifically answer that question you are you're an expert to them it doesn't make any difference what else they know about you you are an expert to them and they are going to be a very highly qualified person very apt to become a subscriber or to become a purchaser there are two other ways that you can go about finding out what people want to learn about one way is to go to the forums so look up in Google or Yahoo or your favorite search engine the term you know your main niche keyword for example bird watching plus the word forum f-o-r-u-m and in most niches I believe there's at least several forums out there if you can find a forum or two or three or five that's in your niche log into the forum you may have to become a member of the forum and 
look through the posts and you will find people asking a wide range of questions any question that somebody's asking for the most part anything that's reasonable is game for you to write an article about simply answer the question and then post that as an article of course you can post that to the forum too but the idea here is that you're generating articles to to post to the article directories another great way to find out what people want to learn about is to go to the blogs now there's two ways you can use the blogs one is to you know, type in to the search engines your keyword plus the word blog and you'll hopefully come up with a large number of blogs. You can read through those blogs if you find some that that um, have more than a post or two that have some interaction in there. You're probably going to find a number of questions. Go through and answer those questions. Write articles about those questions and those are your articles. Another thing to do is some of the blogs will allow you to post into the blog and when you post into the blog you can just ask questions. You know, what, do, what does everybody on this blog want to know about blah 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 or your keyword and when they give you the answers about what they want to learn more about, again try to answer those right there on the blog but the idea here is that you're gathering information so that you can write articles so take those questions, what people want to know about and uh, write articles. So those are the, the different ways that I come up with article topics. If you use the information I've given you, you are going to find that you literally have a limitless number of things you can write about.